Welcome to Dealing with Demons by C.S. Freeman. Chapter 3 Jake stood alone in his room. It was all dark except for the computer screen was lit up but only at half percent. Jake glared at the screen for hours each night, but this night was a little different. He came across a website that was probably something he shouldn't have been looking at. A young teenage boy with the freedom to roam the internet. It's a very dangerous thing you know. He could run into the dark web, porn, he could buy drugs and sell his body. But this night Jake had no intention of falling into any of those traps. Jake found a few websites that said he could talk to spirits. The website said that he could say a few things, light a few candles, and then voila! The mother he once knew, loved, cherished, and adored, would be standing there in his room, talking to him face to face. Jake lit some candles in a circle on his bedroom floor. He put on black pants and a black shirt. He believed it would fill the mood. He then knelt with his long black buck knife, that used to be his grandpa's back in World War II. He printed off the words to the spell that he found. He then said this to the universe. To the sky I reach with my voice, hear me the spirits that can guide. For now, I wish to see these things, that as of right now hide. A spirit I wish to see with my eyes. Insert name here, come forth, be seen and arise. Nothing. A long silent pause of nothingness. Only Jake knelt in his room. Waiting, wanting, hoping, praying and wishing that his mother could be in his room right then. But she wasn't. Nothing felt different. Nothing felt changed, moved or altered. Just Jake alone in his room. He knelt there for a few more moments. Maybe something will happen? Jake asked himself. Jake stood up and felt a little dizzy. Shit, stood up too fast I mumbled. The room was a bit colder then he remembered and now he could see his breath. What the hell? Jake said. Knock, knock, knock. Jake spun around to see what made the knocks behind him. Nothing. Whatever Jake murmured. Jake blew out the candles, cleaned up the rest and climbed into bed. 3.30 Jake said as he realized that it took a lot longer than he expected. Just as Jake fell asleep three more knocks came from the room. Startled he woke up and clamored for the light to see if something fell off his walls or what made the noises. Nothing. Who's there? Jake screamed into the darkness. I am in a dark deep voice, came from behind Jake. What the hell? Jake yelled as he spun around into the darkness of his room. Taking a few steps of faith into the dark Jake attempted to find the light switch on the other side of the room. Bang! Jake hit the floor hard, dazed and hurt. He rolled onto his back looking into the darkness. Jake closed his eyes praying silently to find light to help him in this dark moment. A glowing orange light filled the darkness of Jake's closed eyes, 
and he felt a soft touch of what felt like knives scratch across his face. Now paralyzed with fear, Jake didn't move. Just silently cry for help to someone who he hopefully would hear his silent plea. You are worth nothing, you have nothing to live for, and you are useless, growled the voice from over top of Jake. Do you believe this? questioned the dark faceless voice from the dark. But Jake said nothing. Nothing would come out of his mouth and nothing ran through his head. He couldn't say anything, he couldn't move, and he couldn't think. The only thing Jake could think was the orange light was so bright it hurt his eyes. You summoned me Jake, you wanted me you know? said the voice. Noo, said Jake so shaky that it was more of just a noise that came out of his mouth. You wanted something? yelled this voice so loud that it felt like the whole room shook. These eyes grew brighter and brighter and Jake just shook there in the spot he stood. Jake didn't understand what he got himself into. What is going on? Or why this dark thing is currently in his room? Jake, still shaking from the voice, got the courage to ask a simple question. What will it take for you to go away? There was not an immediate answer from the darkness. But after what seemed like forever in the darkness, it answered. Change it whispered. What do you mean change? Jake asked. A boy who has a hole in his middle. Will feel that he will amount to little. A boy has fallen for the world's disgust. And crippled for his inner lust. A boy who has fallen for the wrong person. Even though the world will see it as sin. You are the boy in these sweet words. But soon your love will sing with the birds. A poem? Jake asked in disgust. A poem is what you give me? It can be only a poem to some, but a life lesson to another. The darkness says. So, you're giving me a riddle to save my soul? Jake asked. Not to save your soul, because the world will kick you for what my advice is. The voice responds. Okay. Jake asked, more confused than he was before the darkness entered the room. I will leave you with these words. And if you don't your soul will be lost forever to the demons of hell and for me to consume in my liking time. You cannot turn away from the advice I gave you once you understand it. And if you do, the same fate I will give you. The darkness said as the darkness fades away and the orange eyes fade. Jake is left alone in his room. The computer clicks on, lighting the room and startling Jake. Jake didn't move for another 15 minutes. He stood there, lost in the experience he just had. Beep. 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 The alarm sounds, kicking Jake out of his trance. Shoot. Jake got ready for school, half asleep because he didn't get any that night. As Jake was rushing to get ready for school he looked down and there was a stream of blood that came from his wrist to his elbow. He wipes the blood from his arm and tries to see where it came from. There at his wrist was a small cut that made out a word. Zozo. The bus came and Jake got on, fell asleep on the bus and was woken up from a pen hitting him in the back of the head. Wake up dumbass. 
yelled one of the school's bullies as he exited the bus with high fives and laughs from his groupies. Jake walked off the bus like a zombie and into the homeroom where Mad was. What up? Asswipe? I say to Mad still half asleep from my night's adventures. Shut the hell up. He says to me cheerfully. Dude. What are we going to do Friday? I was a little hesitant asking at first, but excited by the end, because I realized maybe I just wanted to sleep instead of hanging out. Dude. You know I have a date on Friday, but I'm free Saturday night. He says to me a little loud, and I could feel the teacher's eyes click towards me and her stare shoot through me. Oh, yeah that's right with Lucy. Meredith? Bother? What's her name again? I said poking fun at his first ever real date. Dude. Come on. It'll be fun, and you know it. I tried to convince him but didn't do a very good job. What about a scary movie? I asked. And yada 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 we all know how that night went for him. Jake sat in class struggling to stay awake, as the teacher rambled on and on about how after the southern states had seceded, homestead legislation was high on the Republican agenda. The Homestead Act of 1862 provided that any adult citizen who headed a family could qualify for a grant of 160 acres of public land by paying a small registration fee and living on the land continuously for five years. But the only thing Jake could think about was the poem that the demon left him with. A boy has fallen for the world's disgust. Am I gonna get sick? Is my midnight explorations gonna be discovered? What does it mean by world disgust? All questions Jake asked himself, but no answers came to light. A boy who has fallen for the wrong person. So, does this mean someone has fallen in love? In love with the wrong person. I'm gonna guess that's what that means. I know that's not talking about me because I only like Kai and I let Mad go on a date with her, so I am definitely not in love with her. Even though her hair is brown and long, I bet it's soft and smells like flowers. Her eyes are green and deep, I mean I don't really know because I don't love her. Even though the world will see it as sin. Am I gonna fall in love with a convict? A murderer? A psycho witch doctor who will eat my eyeballs while I sleep? You are the boy in these sweet words. It called me sweet. Gross but soon your love will sing with the birds. Great, the one I fall in love with is gonna die. Well shit. I knew that eventually she would, but shit I don't want her to die soon after I marry her. These words replayed in Jake's head all day. But the only thing that would also run though his head was mad and how he's a good friend. Jake left school and went home. Staggering from the bus stop to his front door was a long and painful trek. Jake opened the door and prayed his Uncle Steve was not home yet. That he would be asleep by the time he did get home. But his wish didn't come true. Jake walked in and the smell of booze stung his nose, and Jake knew what he was in for. Where the hell have you been? Boomed from the kitchen. School. Jake said in the most regular voice he could. What kind of screw-up like you needs to go to school? The same voice boomed. No response from Jake. 
he knew no matter what he would say never made any sense to the man asking the questions. A mess up like yourself should go back to where you came from, the swamp. And I hope you go back there and get eaten by the gators. Came booming again from the same man. A slight giggle came from the same general direction. Hey the little lady, goes back in there. Says the booming voice, but sweet this time and less house shaking. Why are you back here boy? Boomed the voice again. With this question the man with the booming voice stepped into the room. The man had a dirty white shirt on, jeans covered in car grease and oil. And boots that made a large deep thud on the floor with each step. In his hands he had an oversized bottle of Jack Daniels and a leather belt in the other. Your mother's haunting memories are the only reason I let you stay here. If she wasn't my sister and you far there wasn't an over-prostituted shithead who probably ran away with some freak show slut. I wouldn't let you in here. You'd be dying on the street cold and alone five years ago. But with my warm generous heart I let your bastard ass sleep under my beautiful well-kept roof. Now boy tell me who's your daddy? He asked slinking his nose towards Jake. I I I don't have a dd daddy. Jake shuddered knowing the pain that was about to be inflicted on him. You got a speech impediment boy? I can fix that. The belt was whipped across Jake's shoulders, lower back and arms. The sting of each pass of the belt faded away by the time the next one broke Jake's skin. Jake understood very early enough living with Steve that it was going to be hell. A living hell. Steve was a 300-pound monster of a man. Whose only sole purpose on this earth was to drink booze and hurt Jake. The belt marks would go away in a few days and Jake always wore black and long sleeve shirts, because he could get away with it living in Oregon. When the beatings were in progress Jake knew what to do. Don't run, don't fight back, don't cry, don't scream. Because it only feeds the monster living in his uncle Steve. Jake just got on his knees and thought deep about what makes him happy in life. This time his mother came to mind. Even though she has been gone for seven years now, her memories still make Jake happy. The trips to the coast. The trips to the enchanted forest theme park. The beating finally ended. After Steve's arm got tired and his bottle of Jack Daniels fell out of his hand, which he got mad at Jake for and smacked him on the back of the head a few times for it. Jake stayed on his knees until Steve left the room, slammed the door shut and a shrill high-pitched laugh and scream came from the back room he went in. Jake grabbed his backpack and walked into his room. The evidence of last night's doings was still on the floor. The bed was not made and it's never looked so comfy. Jake dragged his hurt, beaten, and scared body to his bed and fell face first onto his bed. Jake? said a voice from the distance. Jake? It said again but a little louder and clearer. Hello? Jake asked in the darkness. As Jake's eyes adjusted to the darkness, he could see where he was. He was in a small room, with thousands of really dim lights. They were so dim that they could be passed by without even knowing it was a light source. These lights lined the walls of this room some bigger than others. Jake we are here for you. Said a voice behind him. Who's there? Jake asked. 
With this question the lights exploded. Each light expanded and filled the room with its lights, almost like they were fighting for space for their lights. And the room was filled with thousands of words. It sounded like Jake was standing in a sea of people, but he wasn't. He was in the middle of the room, but with thousands of carved pumpkins on the walls. These pumpkins had faces, words, pictures, and creatures on them. In the corner of this room was a small box. The light stimmed to a point where it didn't blind Jake, and the voices all quieted, and Jake could actually hear himself think now. Hello. Jake asked a little louder this time. The box jumped off the floor. And Jake jumped back. Jake seeing what moved stepped forward to see why it moved. The box jumped again and started to spin and move left and right on the floor. And finally stopped, and the lid flew open. A small hand creeped its way out of the box and grabbed the floor. Another hand reached out and with this groans and moans. The box expanded and a little old man crawled out of the box. But he was not an old man he looked like an elf but made of pumpkin. His arms and legs were made of vines and his torso was a long pumpkin with his head being held in his viney hands. Who the hell are you? asked this pumpkin elf with an angry old man voice. You ug Jake? He questioned. What do you want? asked the little man in the same tone. I don't even know how I got here dude. Jake said. Hey, I don't know who the heck you are but don't talk to me like that. It yelled at Jake. Oh. Sorry dude. Jake said a little softer than before. Hey. What the hell did I say? It yelled again. Oh. Sorry. Jake said he was a little more confused than when he first got here. You need something? Some advice I guess? Or a spell or potion? The pumpkin man asks. I don't really know. Jake said. You should run. Don't turn back around. And flee your home that is not your home. The little pumpkin man said. You're telling me to run away? Jake asked. You are not where you should be. The man says. But where am I going to go? What will I do? Why do I need to run away? Jake shot out. If you follow the Luckamute River for three forks, each time taking the left one, you will reach a flat, where there is a cabin. This cabin will be covered in moss and this is where the witch lives. She is 362 years old. She is powerful but if you take her cat and let it drink water from the river in three days time she and the cat will die. And you can take over the home. It said walking around the room touching some of the pumpkin on the wall. And with each touch a shriek or moan would be produced from it. You want me to run away, and kill a witch and steal her house? Jake asked more intrigued than confused. Yes, it's simple and you can no longer be hit by that bastard. It said grabbing the box and starting to climb back in it. Wait. Jake yelled. What? The man said annoyed. I'm dreaming this is not actually real. Is it? Jake asked. Why wouldn't it be? It asked. Because it's almost too good to be true. Prove to me that this is real and then I will do it. Jake said.
Before you go, look under your bed. And there will be proof. The little pumpkin man said as he climbed back into the box and went away.